Hi, Journey. How y'all doing? Really great to see all of you, especially if you're a guest with us, maybe for the first time, really honored uh, by your presence with us, especially as we kick off this brand new message series that we call Faith Sounds Like. And this series comes from the idea that God sometimes can speak to us through music, like all kinds of music, not just music that we might call sacred or worship or Christian music, but it comes from this reality that God speaks to us sometimes through any and all kinds of music. And as I reflected on this, it seems to me that music serves as a sort of barometer for where our soul's at, where our faith is at. Maybe something God's trying to teach us in a particular season of life. And if you run it out, you could sort of think about it like this, that music very often is the soundtrack of our relationship with Jesus. Music can be sort of a soundtrack of our relationship with Jesus because whether we recognize it or not, our experience of faith with God isn't just one single musical note. It's not just a middle C over and over and over. That'd be really boring, wouldn't it? Nor is our relationship with Jesus the same song even on repeat, just playing over and over the same song. And it isn't just one musical style either, not just one genre of music. It's all-encompassing it would seem. And we're going to start this Faith Sounds Like series with the musical style, the blues. Because honestly, sometimes faith sounds kind of like this right here. Lord have mercy on me. 
Amazing. Woo! You, you guys are epic. You're just epic. Thank you very, very much. Wow. Aren't they incredible? Jeez. And we're starting with the blues because that sound right there, the blues sound is the foundational musical genre to all of the other musical genres except maybe John Tesh's. I don't know where John Tesh's music fits in. Sorry, John. What did he ever do to deserve that? honestly. But the blues are at the root of almost every other kind of music we listen to. Jazz learned how to do what it does right there from the blues. And Derry's going to talk about how faith sounds like jazz next Sunday. And country music learned how to tell real, honest, heartfelt stories about things like beer and dogs and horses and pickup trucks and girlfriends leaving from the blues. The grit of country music comes from the blues. Rock music, it gets its soul from the blues. One musical connoisseur put it like this. Rock music is basically white guys trying hard to play the blues. <laughs> Modern day hip hop even is deeply rooted in blues music. And the power of the blues and why we're starting here is because the blues is born out of something that a guy named Jarrett Stevens calls the often dark and deep places within our soul. The blues come from a place of disappointment and disillusionment and disenfranchisement. And the blues isn't ever afraid just to declare the pain, where the pain is, what the pain is, where the pain is coming from. And the blues never ever shies away from just staying put right there in the moment of pain and just throwing it in park and just sitting in it. Right? It just repeats over and over. I've wronged somebody. I've wronged somebody. I've wronged somebody. Have mercy on me, Lord. And I think this is one of the biggest places where the Lord wants to get our attention when we talk about faith in God sounding like the blues because it carries this recognition that, look, life is hard. Life very often hurts. And then it just sits there. It doesn't resolve the pain. It's just there. It's not all neat and tidy, wrapped up in a bow in 30 minutes or one hour or two hours. It's just there. This is awful. And yet, how often do we try to run from pain? We don't just want to sit in it. How often do we try to avoid, with everything in us, avoid the pain? How often do we try to numb pain instead of just sitting in the moment of pain because, doggone it, God might have something for us in that pain, through that pain? What if we just sat in it? And how many people, don't raise your hand please, like bolt your hands down if you need to. How many people, maybe even some of us in this room, have felt at one time or another in our life that in order for us to fit into the church that you have to fake it? 
Because for you, it felt like the price of admission to get into the Christian club, known as sometimes the church, was to paint on the biggest possible smile you could. Again, no hands, but how many people out in the world experience this sort of shiny, plasticky, veneery Christian facade thing? Or you might have been singing the blues hard all week long. You might have been singing the blues in the car even as you drove into the parking lot. But as soon as those car doors flung open, everyone steps out and they're all like magically happy people, smiley, happy, plasticky, painted on people. The car pulls up next to you and they get out and you're going like, what blues? What fight? What tension? Hey, we're awesome. Woo! Church, Jesus. None of you know what I'm talking about there, do you? But how much pressure is there on people to show up for worship gatherings like this and look like they have it all together? Now, I want to tell you that no one actually does have it all together. Least of all, me. And I also want to give this caveat. If you do have it all together, you probably shouldn't be here because you're going to get messed up by people like me who don't have it all together. I'm going to like rub off on you and that'll mess up your world. Yet so many people pretend like they do have it all together. Lots of people are walking through life with the motto, just fake it till you make it. Just fake it till you make it. Smile bigger because that's what God wants, isn't it? Like you're walking into church and you're singing the blues from the depths of your soul because life is hard and heavy and you're discouraged and you're disappointed and you're disillusioned. And then it feels like you just walked into Disneyland where everything's magical and perfect, not a hair is out of place, and for crying out loud, there's not even any litter anywhere. And what that kind of experience does to a human soul is simply tragic, because it isolates and it causes people to feel like they don't belong. Even worse, it causes their perception of God and church and faith in God to be something along the lines of, well, you gotta have it all together to be around here. I can't approach God until I'm all like shined up. And there's a lot of people who live under that kind of assumption about Christian faith. That it's like some kind of magic wand to help us get out of pain or help us avoid difficult things in life. That if we'll just believe enough, if we'll just impress God enough, if we'll at least impress the other church people, the other Christian people around them enough, then the view is that you can just sort of skate through life with minimal pain, minimal damage. Maybe if you're lucky, you'll get a little blessing from God every now and again. And lots of people are living under that shadow. And it is a very, very long, dark shadow. Because what it does is it communicates that whenever there's pain or difficulty in our lives, whenever there's loss or discouragement or even depression in our lives, the automatic assumption by the people around us then is that, well, you just don't have enough faith. You just don't have enough faith. And things are going sideways for you because you don't have enough faith. Faith, or even worse, the assumption is you must have some sin in your life. There must be something you've done to cross God, and it's causing cascading negative things to happen to you. I've got a friend whose spouse died not long ago from cancer. It was brutal, it was a long, hard fought battle. My friend's spouse fought valiantly for a long, long time, a couple of years. But eventually, as so often happens, my friend's spouse succumbed to the disease, and it's tragic. Cancer's evil, isn't it? 
hate cancer. My friend was telling me how down the stretch, as life got more and more difficult, some family members came along and said, you know, it's real clear what's going on here. You're just not praying hard enough. And your faith isn't strong enough. And so if you just pray harder, if you just have more faith, then all this will be fine. Cancer will go away. Spouse will get better. And my friend told, told me this. And, and what, like, what do you say? Sitting across the table? What do you say? The only thing I knew to say was, I'm so sorry that somebody laid that trash on you. I'm so sorry that somebody made you feel that that's what was happening. Because that's not at all what's going on. But in that kind of environment, everyone just tries real hard not to have anything bad happen to them or make it appear that any bad things are happening to them because the perception of anything bad is that you just don't have enough faith or you've got some sin thing going on and so get it together, right? But God doesn't work like that, does he? And aren't we glad that he doesn't work like that? Nor is faith any kind of magic wand that you just wave over difficulty to escape pain. Rather, get this. Faith in God is more like the song that you sing in the middle of all of the crap that you're going through that helps you get through to the other side to better days. Think about that. Faith in God is like the song you sing in the middle of all the awful, hard, difficult, brutal stuff that you're going through that helps you get to the other side to better days. That's faith. And whoever in the world said that faith would make life easier, like where did they get that? It wasn't from the Bible, was it? Because Jesus, our leader, put it like this in John 16, He says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Did you get excited about that promise? Woo, cheer that one on. Jesus assures us life will be hard. And faith is the song that you sing right smack dab in the middle of all that difficulty and it sees you through to the other side. And sometimes very often even the song that we're singing is the blues. The song that's welling up inside of us is the blues. The barometer of our soul is the blues. And the blues have been a significant part of the faith song of humanity from very near the beginning of all time, hasn't it? I think about the Garden of Eden, right? God creates this spectacular place and he sets Adam and Eve into it. They have everything they could possibly want, need, desire, whatever. It's all there. And yet they went to the tree and they picked that fruit and they ate it, they chose. And then God does this thing and he like boots them out of the garden, And he says, Adam, you go take care of the ground. You tend the earth. God banished them from the Garden of Eden. And just think, like, it wasn't very long before they're singing, like, the Hallelujah Chorus, right? They've got the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah, right? I mean, it's it's a, man, I'm sorry, that was terrible. (laughs) I won't do that again. And then the next thing you know, they're, they're outside the garden. And God places a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. And tell me, that's not a blues kind of moment. You look at the entire narrative of the Israelites being enslaved in Egypt. These are God's chosen people. 
And they're being oppressed and brutalized, enslaved, making bricks for the pagan Egyptians. What's the song of their soul? The blues. Take the book of Lamentations. Just pick it up sometime. It's the blues all the way through. It's nothing but a chronicle of the blues of the people and nation of Israel. Job, look at Job. The soundtrack of his entire life was the blues over and over and over again. This is awful. This is terrible. Why, God, are you? And you keep going through the scriptures and you come to David. What'd they say about David? A man after God's own heart, right? He's like an exalted fellow. Could anything go wrong for David? And we pick it up in Psalm 42, starting in verse one. This is David writing, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Listen to what he says. Day and night I have only tears for food while my enemies continually taunt me saying, where is this God of yours? My heart, David says, is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy, giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you, David says. And he goes on, why is my heart so sad? Why am I discouraged? The taunts of my enemies break my bones, he says. Where is this God of yours? Again and again, they say. From the highest of highs for David to sing in the blues, there, there it is. And Jesus himself, he wasn't exempt from the blues. Yeah, he's God. But look at Luke 22, starting in verse 41. He, that's Jesus, walked away about a stone's throw. He knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. What's the cup of suffering he's referencing there? The cross. Dying on the cross for us, for our sin, to bring us home to God. It didn't sound like very much fun to him. That was a blues kind of moment. Oh, Lord, if you would just take this awful cup of suffering away. I don't want to drink from it. Because that's not going to taste good. And then we pick it up in Matthew 27. We see that God didn't, did he, remove that cup of suffering And the blues for Jesus play on. About three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? The blues. And you keep going to the right in the New Testament of the Bible and you come across the Apostle Paul, this fantastic saint of Christian faith. And here's what he says in 1 Corinthians 12. I was given a thorn in my flesh. Doesn't that sound like fun? I was given a thorn in my flesh and three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. He just sat in it and the Lord never took it away. And again and again he would inquire of the Lord, would you please take this away? But he didn't. And you can go on and on and on and you can pick up all these biblical characters who spoke from the honest, deepest, sometimes darkest places in their hearts. 
no shiny plastic veneery wallpapering over stuff. They're just flat singing the blues all over the scriptures. People being honest and transparent with God about how bad it is, how low they feel, how distant God seems. And yet you notice something, don't you? They're not quitting. They're not giving up. They're not throwing any towels in. They're not running away from God. Instead, through their being completely real and transparent with him, they're actually running headlong toward him. Amidst the pain, amidst the difficulty. And that should cause us to look in the mirror and go, geez, does my faith look anything like that? Do I really speak to God out of the deepest, sometimes darkest places of my soul, or do I just keep moving, running, not stopping, not looking, not listening, because I don't want to face the reality of how big, how difficult, how painful some stuff that I'm carrying really is. And I think somewhere inside of us, we really probably subconsciously wonder, is God really up for this much of my stuff? If I really told God how it was with me, would he, would he be able to handle it, take it? Would he want it? Does he care that much? Can I really just say it like it is to God? My personal opinion, and this is just my personal opinion, is that headphones and earbuds, know what I'm talking about? Headphones and earbuds. They're one of the great curses of this generation. Anyone agree? Headphones and earbuds are one of the great curses of this generation generation you're like no I love my headphones and I love my earbuds and so do I I do I use them planes and at the gym in particular but they're also a curse because see it used to be things were quiet our world was relatively quiet wasn't it and in the quiet we'd hear stuff right we'd hear the Lord or we'd hear what's scrolling across the emotional news feed of our heart and mind and that's not always fun stuff to hear. It's not always pretty stuff to hear. Because when you hear it, you have to sort of reckon with it. But with headphones and earbuds these days, you just drown out anything you don't want to hear with whatever you do want to hear. And that causes us not to have to reckon with stuff in here and in here. Because at least a whole bunch of people in this world are just drowning it out because it's hard. We don't like it. We don't want to hear the stuff in here or in here, the emotional news feed of our heart and our head. And we think like, well, if I can't hear it, then I'll have to not reckon. I'll get to not reckon with it. And I don't have to be honest with the Lord, asking him to speak into it. We just escape right out of it because we're just drowning it out. Not much quiet in our world. But the blues comes along to us and begs this question of every single one of us. It's the same question that God begs of every single one of us. And it's this, are you willing to be honest with God about every last thing that you're feeling? Are you willing to be that honest with God about every last thing that you're feeling to just hold it all up to him, blues and all, declare to him how it's really going? no matter how rugged or ragged or gnarly that it might be, just bring it to him. No more running, no more hiding, no more escaping with music or alcohol or food or fill in the blank. Because what's true is that God wants you, all, all of you. And you don't have to scrub yourself up 
to make yourself presentable to go before God. He says, no. He says, I love you just the way you are right now. I'll take you good, bad, ugly, everything in between. I love you. And right now, he says, I'm inviting you to come before me just the way you are. No plastic, no fake, no facade, no Disneyland smiles. Just you, just the way you are, all of you. All the pain and all the disappointment and all the disillusionment, all the truth, the truth, the bare naked truth of how it's really going for you in this life. And the spiritual barometer of the blues says to us, just say it. Just say it. Just say it to God. Just be real. Just be authentic. Just bring it to God and see how he shows up in the midst of it, all of it. See what he has to say about it. See what he has to say about you because probably you've been believing some lies about yourself. And God wants to bring truth about you. And he says, just hang on to me. Yes, it's hard brutally hard a whole bunch of days, isn't it? And he says, just hang on. Better days are coming. And faith is the song that sees you from this point to that point. We're gonna get there. God says, we're gonna get there. We're going there and we're gonna go together and I've got you and if you'll just hang on, if you'll just trust, he'll get you there. And here's what we're gonna do. Uh, you'll notice uh, that your notes page, if you pull it out, your notes page is blue. We really know how to work a theme around here, don't we? <laughs> and so grab that if you would. And I could stand up here and I could keep yammering away on this or we could just do it. And so we're just going to do it. And what we're going to do is we're going to create some space for you to be completely the blues kind of gut level honest with God. And you can grab a pen from the chair pocket in front of you and we're going to turn you loose to be completely honest with God to write what's true and what's real and what's in your guts and maybe you've never told anyone this before, least of all God, and you're just gonna back up the dump truck and you're just gonna dump it out, all honest and all gritty and all real, where you are, who you are, what you're feeling. And there's probably a couple of things going on in here right now. You might be someone who's like on top of the world, you're full of great joy, it's sweet, you are singing the hallelujah chorus, that's awesome, write that down. Tell God that that's what you're feeling. Or maybe you're at the opposite end of the spectrum where you're at life's lowest ebb and if that's you, I'm really sorry that that's you. But write that down. And just, just walk into it. Ask God to meet you right there at life's lowest ebb, wherever you are. You're just bringing everything that you are to the Lord, asking him to bring everything that he is and that those two realities would converge right here in the midst of you right now and that you'd be overwhelmed by all of him. And so just get to writing. And if you're nervous about somebody next to you looking at your paper, don't look at anyone else's paper. So just go for it. And then in a minute, I'm going to come back and I'm going to pray and then I'm going to invite you to pray with me and then we're going to sing our way out of here. Go for it. Could I ask you just to take your stuff and set it aside? I know that wasn't a ton of time, but maybe it sort of whetted your appetite for a little more of that with the Lord. 
And so, Lord, we say together, thank you so much for the transparency and the honesty that you've, you've prompted from us. God, I get the idea that for some of us, this might be the very first time we've ever been that raw, that real, that heartfelt with you. And I'd ask God for us that this wouldn't just be like a one-off thing. Yeah, I did that once and, and never go back to it, but that this would become something of a regular pattern habit for us. Coming to you, great God of the universe, and bringing our full selves before you and just putting it out there. Whether it's the Hallelujah Chorus or whether it's blues music, we just say it like it is with you. And no matter what it is that you'd meet us right in the midst of it and that you'd be turned loose in us to do what only you can do. Whatever it is that we need. healing and the redemption the replenishment the renewal that you want to bring that you just bring it and that we'd receive it and for some perhaps today's the first time that you've come face to face with the magnitude of God's love and grace and his pursuit of you and what God wants you to know is that he sent his one and only son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you to bring you home to God and perhaps today is the day for you to stop numbing out or hiding out or running out Perhaps today is your day to come home to Jesus Christ, to cross the line of faith in him today, to give your heart and life to Jesus right here, right now. What's your compelling reason for not doing that? And if you'd like to, I just invite you right where you're sitting to join with me praying. Just say, Jesus, I've blown it. My sin is enormous. And I can't do anything about it. Except come before you and say, Jesus, will you be my savior? Will you be my Lord? Will you be my boss? It's what I'm doing and it's what I'm saying. I'm handing over my heart and my life to you. And I'm saying, Jesus, here I am, all of me. And I'd ask you, Jesus, to meet me right in this place where I'm at right now. That everything I am would meet everything you are and 
redeem me. Please. And if you're someone who's choosing to come home to Jesus, if you're someone who's choosing to cross the line of faith in him, I want you to know that that's the most significant decision of your entire life. And so Jesus, we just say thank you for these who are coming home to you, who are being open and transparent enough to say, you know, I can't solve this sin problem. I just need you, Jesus, to take it, do it. You paid for it on the cross and... I'm riding your coattails. So I pray for all of us that that would be the case with us. That we'd be riding your coattails, Jesus. Everything that you're doing, everything that you've done, everything that you want to do in us. transparent and we'd be honest, 100% honest with you and just say it like it is. And then that you do remarkable things in that moment. We can't wait, Jesus, to see how you're going to see us through many of us from this incredibly difficult, very bluesy spot that we're in to the other side all that you're teaching us, all that you're showing us, all that you're doing in us. Can't wait to see it, Jesus. Thank you.